Paradigm Shift. Welcome on in. Hi, happy to be here. Ah, uh, it's good to have you, buddy. Oh my gosh, I feel I feel such it's about time. I, I feel so emotional right now because Paradigm, we've been friends for so long, and you've been such a good viewer for such a long time, and it's great to have you on the show. What are we talking about today, uh, Paradigm? What do you want to talk about? I'm down for whatever. <laughs> what? I, I don't know what you have for breakfast this morning. Why don't we start there? I had an apple. <laughs> we only have about 40 minutes and I know you'll okay. have plenty to say. <laughs> good, good, good call. So we started playing near after a phone call that you and I had. I remember I was walking outside. I was walking towards uh, the Chipotle near me and uh, we were just talking about games we enjoy. And, you know, Tony and I were trying to figure out what games uh, we like because there's not a lot of crossover there. And you've often talked about Nier as one of these big games uh, as one of your favorites for a very long time. And the way you talked about its mechanics and its storytelling and its interaction with the player and it's like this love letter to gamers. And I was like, you know what? It's, these, these all sound like things both Tony and I will enjoy. Let's give it a shot. And Tony played it on stream. So I'm actually, I'm actually I do want to direct the first question to Tony. Oof. What did you know about going into playing near for the first time like had you heard of it before what did you know and then coming out of it what are you left with now having played the entire thing all four endings nothing <laughs> nothing going extraordinarily in. i had never heard of these games i had uh, well okay i i had heard of the sequel automata but i i never played it i never saw any um footage of it or anything like that See, the thing is, like, Nier Automata was uh, very well publicized, I, I remember, from around when it came out. And uh, I knew of Nier Automata, but I didn't know it was a sequel. <laughs> right. I didn't know there was a game that came before it. You had talked to Shift, and this kind of converged with a thought that I had in my mind, which was like, oh, there's this, this Nier Automata game. Like, I kind of want to try it. And then I, I brought this up to you, Alex, and you're like, oh but there's the first game. Should we play the yes. first game? And we went back and forth about it, uh, but not for very long because we, we pretty quickly concluded like, oh, we, we should, we should start with the first one. It's a, it's a PS3 game. It seems really interesting. And that's the one that paradigm likes more also is the first. Right. Game. Right. And after, you know, following my experience playing both of them, uh, I'm glad I started with the first one. Mm -hmm. The first one I found to be a uh, surprisingly great experience. A love letter to games is a great way to describe it. It references a lot of games in its structure, uh, and I think it does so very well. It does so in ways that are fun and rewarding. The game pushed me to challenges that I feel like I haven't had to rise to in a video game in a while, but unusually I was excited to rise to meet those challenges. Uh, whereas I feel like in another game that's just hard for the sake of being hard, I would just, I, I would just stop playing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, but this game had a unique ability to inspire me to continue through it, and it just had such a cool and unique aesthetic and vibe to it. Like, a, you know, we we're talking in the previous segment about a world you can get lost in. Like, I really felt like, and you know, near was like a, a world I. I, I could get lost in and it was it was different because I was streaming it and so I didn't explore I mean I explored different endings but I didn't explore everything the game had to offer I didn't you know I didn't get into farming I didn't didn't do a lot of the side quests in the first game things like that 
that's actually part of the reason why when I got into Automata, because I did start to love the design language of the game, I actually took some time off stream to do more of the enriching world stuff, to do more of the side quest stuff, including beating that fucking race against the robot <laughs> which was terrible in automata yeah in automata Worst quest in the series that race, man. <laughs> but uh but you know what i felt really accomplished when i finally did it so <laughs> yeah no there's there's a lot to love about these games so paradigm as brief as you can which i know it's un uh unreasonable for me to ask that but <laughs> briefly as you can give us a little history with your experience with near uh, but then also I want to hear about what it was like watching someone play the game for the first time. Like Tony said, he knew nothing about it. You recommended it. We played it. Uh, what's it like watching someone play your favorite game for the first time? Okay. Well, my experience with the game was that I saw it on the shelf used at GameStop and I liked how it looked and it only cost 16 bucks. And I figured what the hell, I'll try a new game. I'll take a chance. And I fell in love. It was like a hidden gem. What struck me at first is that the main character is pretty ugly. And I think that's something that like we as gamers can relate to. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's not like the supermodel or whatever, you know, he's just a guy. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting choice. Um, not everyone in every video game or in life is like gorgeous. So there was like a certain humility to that choice that they made. As far as watching Tony play, I was surprised to like refeel the game experience again i was like re-experiencing along with tony the same things that i had felt uh and it was really wonderful uh, especially watching him i gotta give him a shout out to like that grimoire noir fight it's fantastic that <laughs> i stayed up until yeah. six in the morning watching the vod because i was just hooked i couldn't <laughs> i was like <laughs> it's amazing yeah big props that was that was impressive <laughs> thank you you answered both questions pretty succinctly, uh, your experience of just buying it off the shelf and then being able to relive it through someone else playing. I think that's that's the dream, right? Yeah. Uh, when you get when you see someone experiencing something for the first time. I know, Paradigm, your favorite of the two is Nier, mm -hmm. and we haven't finished Nier Automata. Like, it has a lot more endings. We've gotten through two out of 20 billion. Uh, but Katie... <laughs> Uh, Nier Automata is your favorite of the Nier franchise, it and it's one of your favorite games of all time. I yes. don't want to put too many words in your mouth, so why don't you <laughs> tell me, uh, again, briefly, what your history with Nier Automata is, and if you've caught us playing Nier Automata at all or anyone else, like, what do you enjoy? I've, I have caught, yeah, I've caught some of it. I have to thank my sister for this. So our birthdays are right around, our, our birthdays are five days apart. And for her birthday, her best friend got her Nier Automata for the PS4. And I watched her play it. And I was like, wow, this is a really cool game. And then I watched my husband play it. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, I really enjoy the game. The music is fantastic. And I was just like, yeah, I don't need to play it because I watched two people play it. But then my husband's like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, you know, you know the story, but you need to play it. So I played it and I got hooked. I, I just I fell in love Yoko Taro's storytelling gets you right in the feels every time, <laughs> like right in the heart. And this is the game director, is that right? The game Yoko director, Taro? yeah, the game director. He did the game for both near and uh, both nears. Yeah. So the storytelling really drew me in. I I just love the storytelling. I love the game aesthetic. I love how fluid it was. It it was one of those ones that like I wanted 
I've hundred percented it several times at this point, and I have a nice little collection in my notebook. It's it's one of those ones I just loved being in the world. I loved exploring it and the music. See, I, as a musician, if the game has to have good music, both games fantastic soundtrack. My son has the soundtrack on his radio because he just loves listening nice. to it as he sleeps. That and Breath of the Wild. He's you know low-key my favorite kid for that (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) just joking (laughs) Uh, but no like he you know the the soundtrack is fantastic so it was just like i loved getting lost in the world so and then after i played through automata i went back and played the original and what i really liked about it is you didn't need to play the original to really under to fully get the story like you could it was still an enjoyable experience without the original but playing the original brought some of those like little things together that just really stabbed you in the heart sometimes (laughs) yeah it definitely elevates your experience because it has a lot of callbacks or references just to the original game yeah so i i Almost 100% of the original. I didn't quite, I was still trying to get platinum on the PS3 and I was trying to get all those moonflowers and I didn't get all the moonflowers, but I got through all of the endings except the very last one, but I won't go into spoilers, but yeah. Uh, So I I got through most of that. So I'm really excited for the remake to come out because then I'll really get to dive into it again. I have have a quick question. Sorry if this is a little bit of a tangent, but you mentioned your notebook twice. What what are you writing in this notebook? Okay, so what are the secrets inside? I'm I'm very curious. The secrets inside my notebook. I have like my ocarina of time, like of all the chapters and stuff to make sure that I I got every because like I said, when I play a game, I tend to hundred percent it. I have to get everything. So here's like all the gold skull tulas and stuff. Oh. I gave up tracking at some point, <laughs> and like my Majora's mask. But for specifically, up oh, that's Twilight Princess. Okay, here. Oh, this is Wind Waker. I have like all of the treasure chests. So these are locations. Locations. So like this is the the treasure map, the location where it's at, and what the reward is for Wind Waker. This is a map of it in a grid form. Oh, so for near specifically the original, I have the side quests because there are some side quests you can't do once you get halfway through. So I wanted to make sure I got all the side quests. Yeah. So I have all the weapons. I've upgraded all the weapons. All I, it's just kind of notes like that, so I don't have to keep looking it up. Um, I also have extensive notes on uh, Xenoblade Chronicles too, and all the blades for that because I, I was doing that as well. Right, because because Nier Automata is a game with multiple endings, and they have different yeah. unlock conditions. And even just playing the first Nier, we discovered that same thing. Yeah, certain like once you get past certain story points, you get locked out of certain things. And like I would keep track. I have a spreadsheet, like I have like an Excel spreadsheet of like what you need to fully upgrade everything so like as i was collecting stuff i would know okay i still need like eight more of this very rare item that i have to go farm right so stuff like that it's honestly amazing i love it (laughs) i'm an engineer in a former life so (laughs) i like spreadsheets and i love writing things i I have to write things down because my memory is terrible oh yeah no i I'm 100% with you on that. Like, I, I fully get it. Yeah. So, like, Breath of the Wild, like, here's all the pla- all the shrines by region. <laughs> oh, gosh. All the locations. So, when I was doing 100% in Breath of the Wild, 
this is the only tangent, but like there's some locations that you don't necessarily go to and there's no Korok there. Okay. So I wrote down all the locations because I, I missed a couple of those my first playthrough and that was really frustrating. So I wrote How them all dare down. you? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back. I just, I have a little, it's my little gaming notebook and I keep all kinds of notes and stuff about the games. Cause like I said, I'm going to hundred percent it. So I need to have all that information in one easy to handle. <laughs> I want to I want to point out about uh, near because uh, I don't want to tangent too much into Zelda. However, uh, one of the joys of playing Nier's, especially on a variety channel, has been the games like I, we had mentioned earlier. It's sort of a love letter to gaming and it has very direct homages to other games, including the Zelda franchise very directly, where it has a section of the game that is genre stylistically very zelda including a callback to the reward sound and little cutscene of getting an item in the game from a treasure chest uh and then it has very direct references to resident evil the original resident evil series and i mentioned earlier you know the locked camera and movement controls aren't a great feature but they were very specific and zanir called back to that and that's something the resident evil series ha has moved away from but that callback was very uh very cool to see in that uh in near uh as well as subtle callbacks to i remember uh star fox uh there's the andros boss fight which before I realized the game was doing direct callbacks, I just thought was, why is there an Andros boss fight in this game? It's like, oh, because they did that on purpose. That's amazing. Can you can you tell me a little bit more, Paradigm? Are like, are there other callbacks I'm missing or not remembering that are interesting or worth bringing up? Well, one of my favorite is definitely the text-based adventure reference. Oh, that's, that's right. The text-based adventure. Yep. They just drop that in the middle of the game and they're like, here, you deal with it. And it's a beautiful <laughs> bold choice that i was not expecting yeah. at all and i was on board 100 percent of the way that was one of the times i ever game overed was failing one of those text adventures because i didn't get out of the mansion that yeah. was flooding soon enough because i took too many wrong turns i thought that was brilliant yeah give me a fail state for not reading yeah. you know i love it <laughs> right it's extremely committed to what they're doing right it was a wonderful surprise yeah and then there's the bullet hell uh, section of the game that was also a thing right that's actually one of the reasons that i like the original a little bit more than the sequel is because it did i think more of these different things and leaned into them harder than the sequel does the sequel sort of leans into the bullet hell thing a lot and it has some yep. references here and there to other genres but it, it you know it takes most of its influence from um action adventure rpg and bullet hell yeah and those kind of callbacks especially as a viewer were very satisfying to see. And Nier Automata does have less of that. Uh, however, playing through the game, their ability to use the game mechanics as a storytelling device uh, is also just very interesting. And for that reason, I enjoy Nier Automata for different reasons. Yeah, agreed. I mean, uh, I like Nier Automata as well. I just, it doesn't hold the same place in my heart as the original, I think especially for story reasons that I can't really get into because it'll be spoilers because you guys haven't played ending B. That's another subject for another time. We can, we can do this again. Yes. We'll have to do this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we have your permission. Uh, and Tony, I, I do want to uh, just hear from you. You know, you don't have the nostalgia of Zelda or Star Fox that these uh, callbacks might appeal to those people. Uh, you don't have those and you still very much enjoyed this game. Uh, 
besides those callbacks, what was what is it that appeals to you about this game? Right. So again, like the the callbacks aren't what makes them such a strong addition to the game is that they're not just token references for the sake of references, which we've all seen used yeah. in terrible ways and other things before. These references are references, but they're used in ways that are fun and that tell the story. And it's t- like when I, I got, I just got this sense uh, multiple times after finishing playing near. <laughs> I, I felt kind of weird saying, "Man, they they almost don't make them like they used to." Like this is just right. such a like like a good a good old fashioned like well balanced video game that's fun that tells an interesting story that has all of these different elements come together. You know, it's sort of it sort of made me think of um, you know opera in the historical sense was this it was created to be the superlative art form that brought together the best music and uh special effects and um uh and staging and all this kind of stuff to try to like make make something that was like the best of everything and i i sort of get that impression from near that like it's trying to bring all these things together and say how can we make them like make something better than there was uh before you know i have to uh agree with uh, katie brought this up before with the music being just so great so enjoyable very evocative across you know across both games uh just such such a strong part of the game and yeah as as a musician myself uh very uh very important to me and yeah, and and then there's and then there's the whole thing about having the multiple endings and just you can you can go as deep into these games as you want to. I mean, you can get a fun experience just skimming the surface. Um, which, <laughs> funny enough, in these games, just getting to uh, getting to an ending is just skimming the surface. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> which uh, is is interesting in its own right. But I do appreciate that they provide a world in which when you get into something. You know, you can really get into it. And I'm not, you know, I'm far from done learning uh, about uh, these games and these worlds and all they they have to offer. Because I've said this before, my primary interest in playing games is how people can use computers to tell compelling stories. And, you know, people like video games for different reasons. And I think that these games both do that very well as well as uh doing the whole like mechanical thing of uh creating a compelling game uh which is a, it, for me is a tough balance to strike and I might be a tough audience but for me that's a tough balance to strike I think you're a discerning audience Sure yeah we can say that <laughs> Right and Near has so much packed into it that regardless of whether we enjoyed the game or not I think experiencing the entirety of it has given us an opportunity to even think about how games are made and how stories can be told in more interesting ways. And I might even think this is more true of Nier Automata in some ways, where Nier Automata's even definition of ending is kind of interesting. Uh, We unlocked an ending very quickly early on uh, because we... Died a bunch, got a game over. <laughs> Ending W. And credits <laughs> scroll right through. They don't. They don't even give you time. You don't earn the right to read the credits yet. Right. And it's just, all yeah. of these are very interesting choices, like the having the overhead display require resources. Like these are all just interesting choices that we don't see games use very often, but they're valuable and they're great. And I'm just happy to have. Yeah. I feel like I'm a more educated gamer 
and critic and per, just person of interest uh, in gaming because of these games. One of the things I loved about Nier Automata and, and Nier to some extent, but I feel like Nier Automata made this really clear. is just how much of the gameplay process is diegetic. You know, you're this, you know, <laughs> you, this game, they try to make it so clear. This game does not autosave and it's a choice. They have a story based diegetic reason for that. And it all makes sense and it's all part of the narrative and it helps you get connected to the character. Like they're using the mechanics of the game to get the player connected to the character more. In the in the chip layouts, everything is in everything that is you is in there, including, you know, your whatever it is, the OS chip, the the core of your being right. is in there and can be removed. <laughs> Have you done it yet? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> Gotta try. <laughs> Seems like a bad choice. <laughs> I have too much empathy for uh, for the character to do that, and mm. that's just uh, it's it's amazing. There are very few games that can again like get me so involved in a story through their mechanics, and that's there's a couple of great examples of that. Yeah, I, I wanted to touch back on what Alex said about the endings. Um, like I said, I don't play a whole lot of games. Zelda is mostly the franchise that I've done the most gaming in. But what I really liked about Automata was, and to near, near but I think Automata did this a little bit differently, um, is the ending structure. It, you don't normally get to see the game from a different character's perspective. So with Automata, you play through as 2B. You get the story from that perspective. And then ending B, you go through as 9S, the companion to the person that you just played. It's not completely different, but it's a different perspective. And then you get a little bit more pieces to the story. And then I won't go into it too more, but ending C is completely different from ending right. A and B. And right. I, I don't think I've played another game that told a story like that. You're just you're so used to when you play a game, you're that character and that's it. Or, you, you know, some games you might switch it up a little bit. But for the most part, well, like a Zelda game, for example, like a Zelda game, you're a link and that's it. Last of Us, you switch between Ellie and Joel, but you're like the two main characters, but you're mostly Joel for most of it. You know, it's you play it as the character. Normally, you don't get to see the story from a different angle. And that's what I found really interesting and what i really liked about automata is the wow i didn't think of it that way i wouldn't have mm -hmm. imagined it, it from that perspective and then as as more of the story comes out you're like oh my god you wouldn't have thought of that until you started experiencing it from a completely different perspective i need to point this out because from our perspective the information we've been given you know, the first run of Nier Automata, you play as 2B. And then the B ending, we were told, is, you know, sort of similar to the first run, except you play as 9S. And we've been told that the third path is extremely different. Like, it's more different than the A and B are. Yes. But you play as a completely different character between A and B. So how exactly are we upping the ante here on ending C? And I'm not asking you to tell me, but it's just, it's very interesting that like, that's all we know <laughs> is that you've told us that ending C is extremely different more than A and B are. It's like, what? All right. All right. Can't say anymore. If Paradigm's not going to say anything. Can't say anymore. No, yeah, definitely don't tell us. Definitely don't tell I us anymore. I won't tell you, but it, 
it seems like it won't work, but it works. We'll find out. What 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 I'll say what I'll say is that uh, I love the telling of the story from different perspectives because it feels it makes the world feel real. Mm. It makes the world feel rich because in the real world there are many characters experiencing many different stories, and uh, you know not everything is about any one character in the world. and so these these games and there 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 are some others like it but but this game does it uh superlatively well is choosing it's and it's also like choosing which narratives to engage with uh as well to create a compelling narrative which mm-hmm. is which is the editing which is another aspect of it you know some some games are really good and have really strong stories but but there's too like there's too much the editing is not very strong and so because you have different characters that relate to each other differently, you know, my my expectation, which don't tell me if I'm right or wrong, but my expectation is that we'll be exploring some character that's, you know, I mean, our, our two, our two, you know, main characters are pretty close to each other throughout the story. There are other characters. There are lots of other characters in the world that are not as close to these two characters. And I think just simply engaging in one of their stories is going to create that disconnect. Yeah, I mean, I would like to point out that in the original, you'd play through the uh, the game as near the titular character, or in your case, Dr. Balls. That's and true. <laughs> your choices are justified uh, from your point of view. It makes sense. You get some hints that maybe you're doing something wrong, but it's all to save your only daughter in this world. And so the ends justify the means. And then you play again as Kaine, and you get outside perspective on the choices, quote unquote choices, because it is sort of railroaded that you as a player have previously made and you get to see how that looks. And it gives you this weird cognitive dissonance feeling like, oh my God, I'm kind of a monster. Yep. <laughs> I loved that. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I think made what made the original so great is like, you're playing through and you're like, yeah, I'm the hero. I'm saving my daughter. I'm protecting the villages. I'm doing all the right things. And then you get to kind of, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> maybe i'm not so great after all and this was 2010 you know yeah five years before undertale yeah i've never played undertale so i i don't know but it's just like oh spoilers but but like that really gets in your head because usually when you play a game you play a video game you're the hero of the story you are going on the the hero's journey and what i really love about near anatomata is the fact that it takes that hero's journey and it kind of puts it on its head a little bit and it makes you really think. It makes you completely rethink your reality a little bit and it really makes you rethink the characters and the the, the motivations behind the characters and you know everything that has gone down yeah it establishes all of these like classic jrpg conventions Mm -hmm. for you to lean into and then it just subverts all of them at once uh and like it endears you to the characters with the banter between uh near and vice and so you start to like these guys you empathize with them and then it breaks it it just says no you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) i wish that i found near back in 2010 2011 like sometime around that time if I did, because I think it's, I really want to emphasize this, that considering the gaming landscape at the time, uh, this was, uh, you know, th- this was a crazy revolutionary game. 
uh, you know, it would probably, it, you know, it, it might be my favorite game of all time. I think if it hit me at that time and um, my only other game experiences were all the games I played up until 2010, <laughs> it's like, you know, like it's really it's really crazy to think about it. It's a testament to how great the game is, because I think it's it's going to find a lasting place among games that have uh, built on it either directly or indirectly and um, have shaped a lot of the uh, things that we appreciate about modern games like, you know, Undertale was uh, was a given example. That's that's another good example. And there's I think it's interesting to talk about near this year as well. Uh, I don't need to go into detail, but there's a lot of obvious parallels between near or near automata with the last of us series and you know tony you saying that this might have been your favorite game i can understand where you're coming from but it also doesn't surprise me that you know with this mindset the last of us is your favorite game it makes some it takes some similar risks comes to some similar conclusions or it just it really pushes the boundaries of what a video game can make you feel. And, you know, these are the reasons why we value and prioritize these games in particular. These are the experiences that I think we all believe will really propel gaming forward, make people take gaming more seriously, and really uncover some of the unbelievable value that is sorely underappreciated right now. Uh, this is where video gaming can live and grow and really prove itself as something worth experiencing. I always like to think of games like Nier and Aratama. They're stories that you get to interact with. It's like reading a good book, but you actually get to do all the movement and you actually get to make right. those choices and you actually get to feel the consequences. You feel the consequence of yeah. those of your decisions and of your actions, even if it's like a pre. But I mean, it's a story like there's a beginning, a middle and an end and you're you're going through it. So like I, I just I like to think of it as an interactive book. And that's yep. what I really enjoy about these two games in particular. It's because like it's it's like a really good book that you're like, you know what? I want to read that again. I already know what's going to happen. I don't care. I mean, that's that's why I played it. I I I saw how it ended. I knew what was going to happen, but I played it anyway. And that's what really brought you in. That's what took it to the next level because you can watch someone do it. But until you're actually doing those actions and you become that character almost it doesn't hit you in the same way. And that's yeah. why, you know, that's what I really love about Automata. Especially. <laughs> Until it's your save file that's on the line. You don't feel implicated, yeah. right? Yes. Until you yeah. see your list right. of right. sub like mini quests and, and all your items and all your weapons potentially being deleted because of a choice that you Just make. Poof. That brings you into the yep. game. Consequences are real. Yeah. 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 Right. Like at first, I mean, like I said, I'm the completionist. I, I 100% most games that I play, I, I made the choice to delete it. I just, I watched all those hours just go poof. Yep. <laughs> like as if it never happened. Yep. And like, oh, oh, that's yeah. you in the heart just a little tiny bit. I did everything except the lunar tier in the original Nier. And if I had done the lunar tier, then making that final choice would have oh, been more meaningful. Right? Yeah. Because that's more right. real time and more real effort and care that I would have had to put into the game that would have been taken from me. That's the sacrifice Ooh, yeah. that the game asks of me to make as a yeah. player mm -hmm. and to, to really feel near or Dr. Balls's sacrifice that he's <laughs> yeah. making of being totally erased. And, and 
you kind of you can you kind of I don't want to spoil it, but you kind of get that same choice. I mean, I think we all know you're going to get the same choice in Automata or Automata. Oh, we don't know. You should not assume we know oh. anything. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> the, there's, you know, choices can be made. I mean, there's different endings. You know, choices are coming. Right. We, we know there's multiple endings, but the thing that the thing that's actually this is making me think of is you're talking about feeling something in the game. But, you know, it's sort of a negative feeling. Like, there's an intense sense of loss uh, that you're feeling. Like, your progress and everything you've worked for just getting ripped out from under you. And that's that's an intense feeling. But it's a negative hmm. feeling. And it that line of thinking makes me appreciate something like Celeste more. Where a lot of the payoff in that game for me is, like, this intense feeling of uh, accomplishment. And, you know, it, it fills me with, like, positive feelings. And it just gives context for how I feel about that game. I mean, on that topic, I would say that it's not purely a negative feeling. I think it's a specific feeling that they're trying to key into in near, which is bittersweet because everything in the game is like, there's good and there's bad. There's two sides. Kaine is possessed by a shade. She's human and she's shade. Right. Uh, she's also dealing with gender dysphoria, right? There's good and bads to everything near the name. I think Yoko Taro has said that he hasn't like, associate it with anything but looking into it um it's a name derived from the word light in hebrew and he's fighting shades so the game is very keyed into this bittersweet feeling and so giving up your save file to do the right thing that's exactly what that is yeah yeah i can i can understand that in that context uh we have less than a minute here so i'm just gonna quickly say uh, I think from Pixel Noise's point of view, our path forward with this series is... You gotta finish the game. <laughs> well, it. it's it's immediately <laughs> clear because the viewers have literally uh, paid to watch us finish the 9S playthrough. Shout-outs to Mark. Shout-out to, shout to Mark and Paradigm. Uh, if we get to every ending, it does remain to be seen, but, you know, it seems... You don't need to do every ending because a lot of them are joke endings. There's, there's... Well, we don't know yet. <laughs> well... I, I will say there's a lot of joke endings. You're not going to, you don't need to do all 26. <laughs> well, we'll we're, it's something we'll discuss with our professionals here uh, off stream to see how far we go. But uh, before we do wrap up, I just want to hear from Katie very quickly at the very least. Uh, do you have a plan to play near on your stream in the future? I, pro- I, I should, I, I probably it sounds like you should. I think after, after I do my Monday, after I finish Minish Cap, Monday nights might have to be Automata. And then because I, like I said, I love that game and it's been a while since I played. Um, I don't think I've played it since I got my tattoo, which is very sad. And for those of you don't know, I have a giant 2B tattoo on my thigh. That's how much I love this game. It takes up the entirety of my left thigh. That's true. Yeah, it's a testament to how much I love that game. Um, but it do- it comes, the remake comes out the day after my birthday. So we'll definitely... It's April, right? April 23rd is the is. day it comes out. My nice. birthday is the 22nd. So we're going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be streaming that a lot when it comes out. We're just going to be not birthday streaming of... <laughs> this game because i'm very excited awesome so if, <laughs> so if you want to see that don't forget to follow uh twitch.tv slash katie shesko and paradigm uh is there anything that we can find you or follow you on right now uh yeah so sunday nights at 6 30 we are me and a bunch of friends including ancam ads cannons we are streaming pathfinder and dungeon the dragons uh at twitch.tv slash magic podcasters so if you want to check that out feel free if you don't I understand. <laughs> I get. It. 
That's why we love you. All right, Paradigm, thank you so much for being here. Katie, uh, thank you for spending so much time with us on these two games. Uh, say goodbye to the audience, and we'll be in touch. You, you're, you're asking me to talk about my two favorite games ever. Like, I'm not going to say no to that. It was a pleasure.